Hello and welcome to the Dustin and Eric Stay Inside Podcast Show, brought to you by Mimosa Networks. Hi, I'm Dustin. I'm Eric. And today we are talking about many things because we haven't been here in a long time. So this is episode number 32, I believe, correct? That is correct. Wow. Such a, a high number, but I guess we've been doing these for a while now. But I guess the main topic today we're going to talk about is, um, well, what everybody already knows about in the whole world, COVID-19. And how, as you can see, we're working from home, as are most people in the world. COVID-19, though, hasn't been completely bad, at least for the, uh, the wireless internet industry, because, well, that's brought about rapid change and uh, emergency use of UNI4, which is uh, 5850 to 5895, and potentially uh, 6 gigahertz coming up, which Jamie's on here. Hi, Jamie. Welcome to the show. Uh, he'll... He'll talk about it in uh, just a few minutes. So, Jeff, how's it feel working from home all the time? <laughs> I sure miss uh, having lunch, uh, the E Club lunches there. But uh, yeah, things are good. Making the best of it. Yeah, I miss the the food too. Eric, you've got some some radio equipment behind you, huh? Oh yeah, I'm uh, not completely off the grid, but um, but. Uh, Keeping an eye on things globally. Got uh, radio circuits, uh, global radio circuits in the background on HF radio, and uh, got battery stuff on battery, backup battery, uh, regional equipment, long distance global stuff. This is not an amplifier, this big box here. It's a, uh, it's kind of an antenna tuner, a big match box to bring my, a couple of different antennas that I have. We're hanging, we're doing the best we can. Pick well, up. I'm sure I'm sure the ham guys enjoy looking at that stuff. But anyway, back to topic here. Internet providers uh, across the world uh, over the past couple of months have seen a spike in internet traffic. Um, some of our customers have mentioned over a 300% increase in internet traffic because everybody's working from home now or working from home, you know, depending on which one it is. Uh, but uh, like I mentioned, at least there's a, a little help from the FCC coming, the help with congested frequencies, uh, or congested spectrum, which is, uh, first is Uni4. So, Jamie, do you want to tell us a little bit about um, the work that's been going into this and uh, maybe talk about or quickly talk about the process that uh, WISP should be doing to try and use the spectrum? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Thank you, Dustin. Uh, yeah, so the history on this band has been a little bit storied, so I'll start there. Uh, you know, this has been a very quiet band right next to the very noisy uh, Uni3 band, and mostly because it was granted to the transportation industry who didn't do a dang thing with it. Uh, so for the last two years, there's been lots of discussion and arguments about it, but at the end of the day, the FCC saw, saw fit to uh, finally reallocate this and give a, a the majority of the band back to the Wi-Fi community and, and abut it right up to the Uni3. Um, the good news is that was happening, but it's, it's the bad news is COVID-19 has also slowed that process down. Um, so to speed things up, um, the, the WISPs and uh, also uh, Lerman Center, the, the council for WISPA pulled together for 32 different WISPs out there that wanted to open up the band and uh, get access early access to it by a form of an experimental license. Uh, so what they're allowing now to happen is to allow actual commercial use 
of the band, which is actually pretty unheard of in uh, experimental licenses for the FCC. They were, for the purpose of COVID-19, letting people get temporary 60-day licenses uh, to be able to bump up their capacity. The coolest thing about the, the Uni4 band that, that you'll all like is that we finally have access to 80 and 160 megahertz channels now up in the upper part of the band. Uh, so this could be a huge deal for both capacity and it's a dead quiet interference band up there. So how does one go about getting access to this Uni4 band uh, for, as a temporary license? Well, first of all, you got to go to the FCC site and uh, we can post some links about how to do this, but that's, you, you go there and file for an experimental license. Um, and you basically don't really have to do too much work. It's really not that hard. And, you know, Dustin, he's been working with a lot of different guys and can provide a little bit of advice. Don't want to throw too much traffic his way. He's, he's overwhelmed with people asking questions about how to do this. But uh, it's a free process, um, generally speaking, and you just need to be able to fill in the gaps of, of information on the forms, and uh, we can provide a little bit more information on that. The beautiful thing, though, is our radios already support uh, these bands. Uh, we were, we've had the foresight for working in other countries and of using all the way up into the six gigahertz band for a number of our products. So um, Dustin can provide a little bit more detail on which products can do what, but uh, we already have software out there ready to go um, on beta today for people to use. And we have a really great easy process for expanding that for the people that have the license. So you got to prove to us you've gotten the temporary license and then we'll give you access to that software and go through a new process for unlocking your radio to use that uh, new uh, temporary license. Right. So as of right now, today, we have beta firmware for our point-to-point -point products. So C5C, C5X, uh, B5C, and B5 can do Uni4. So if you can get the STA and if you send me your information, then I can get that set up for you. And then next week, we will have point-to-multipoint firmware that will do that as well for the A5, A5C, and then the clients that go with that as well. Uh, if you're a lucky person who has an A5X beta or... Um, We'll receive A5X anytime soon. A5X can do it too. So just uh, file for the STA if you want to use that spectrum and uh, send me a message and we'll get you fixed up. Or send a message to Jeff or Eric in support and they can get you set up. Um, also, we mentioned uh, and has been going around being mentioned six gigahertz. Uh, Jamie, you want to talk a little bit about what's happening there and what you think the timeline might be on that? Yeah, sure. So uh, we just got to the word this last week from the FCC that, that they've agreed to allocate all of the six gigahertz band to unlicensed. And that's a huge deal because there were a lot of people still, you know, trying to lobby to provide some of that band to be auctioned. Um, now, if you all recall the six gigahertz, as many of you have used in the past, is for part 101 point-to-point uh, -point licenses. And if you're familiar with the FCC's ULS database where all of these licenses live. Um, in fact, you can actually go to our cloud website. We list all of those licenses right on our cloud point-to-point -point planner. So you can actually see the sites where all of the microwave links are. Um, so this whole last few years, we've been talking about how can we get make better use of that band because there's not that much point-to-point -point in the band. We know it's hard to get licenses in that band for a lot of you, but there's a lot of places that can take advantage of adding Wi-Fi without interference in interfering with existing microwave. So the FCC really deemed that this was critical to be able to add a lot of band capacity. And how much capacity is it? Well, it goes all the way up from 5.95 gigahertz all the way to 7.2 gigahertz. So we're talking about over 1.2 gigahertz of spectrum. And if you look at the rules, um, I just got a copy of the rules on Thursday. 
uh, of last week, uh, the rules basically stipulate that outdoors will be able to use about 800 and about 850 megahertz of that. So it goes from 595 up to about 6.8, I want to say. Um, that's going to be a huge deal in adding very low noise capacity, taking advantage of these 160 megahertz channels that are going to be coming in our in all the 11ax products hint, hint, that we're all working on. Um, so that should be a really big deal. Um, by the time you start to really take advantage of that, you'll easily be able to do gigabit plus uh, speeds to subscribers in the near future. Um, so um, that said, to work outdoors, there's some new complexities. Um, a lot of you probably follow what happened with CBRS in the 3.5 band. Um, they've decided to add uh, a database to be able to authorize radios. Well, the same thing's kind of going to happen here in this 6 gigahertz Wi-Fi band. Um, and you know, for reference, they're going to call these new Wi-Fi bands the Uni 5, 6, 7, and 8. Um, in our case, for outdoor um, and fixed wireless, we're going to be taking advantage of Uni 5 and Uni 7. Uh, those two bands together, again, a little over 800 megahertz. The database is there to take the data from the ULS and to be able to do analysis as to whether or not the link or the, the coverage that you want to provide in multipoint is going to interfere with an existing microwave link. So really, this is an unlicensed approach as opposed to licensed with CBRS. So it's a really simple lookup. And the access points are going to have to look up once a day to find out if what channels that they can use at the site they're at. Uh, so there's a lot to digest. There's a lot of new rules. Um, the one thing that's really a little disappointing to me was the access point rules are going to be standard EIRP limits at 36 dBm. Uh, the clients, however, the maximum is going to be 30. So it's very it's very upside down from what we're used to with clients having higher EIRP limit than the access points. And in this case, we're going to be 6 dB less on the clients. So a little disappointing that we're not going to get the range and the distance out of this band that we hope for. Um, but it will, you know, the, the reason they have to do that is if you have a client that's really close to the access point, it can really go pretty far beyond radiation wise, beyond the access point location and, and potentially interfere with a microwave behind it. Um, so that's really the that's really the issue as to why they did that. I don't see that changing when the rules get voted on. Um, the rules are going to be voted on on April 23rd. So we're about two weeks away uh, from getting a final final but we've already gotten a copy of the draft rules at this point. So, so far, I think it's looking good to your point, Dustin, on timing. Um, it's hard to tell when they're going to start doing certification testing because of, of COVID-19 and lack of ability to the FCC to have resources to go work on this uh, in person. So hopefully we'd see something in the next three to six months formally, but back to what we were talking about earlier, let's go for these experimental licenses. So, you know, I think we can work together to, find out what microwave links are in your area and present that information to the FCC and probably look at starting to file these STAs. So we're going to probably do that, do some experimental ones, uh, just to shoot a few shots across the bow, uh, just let people know that we're interested in this. Uh, Airspan Mimosa has told the FCC we are interested in this. And um, since they did this for, four, uh, for uh, the 5.9 um, uni 4 band, uh, we're hoping that they'll want to do the same thing here as well. A um, little bit more complex process, but I think this is something that we've got a shot to, to do rapidly. And again, our radios, a lot of them are already ready for the 6 gigahertz. So we don't have full 6 gig support. Some of our products support up to 6.4 gigahertz. Some of them support up to 6.2 gigahertz. Uh, but, you know, easily adding a couple hundred megahertz of spectrum, that'll be amazing uh, with stuff that's already deployed in the field. You don't, you, you're not going to have to 
buy new gear in a lot of cases, uh, which is a huge deal. I think we'll be pretty unique in our ability to have that radio to be able to do that with you know some of the A series and the C series um, and the B5C as well. I mean, some of these you're going to be able to really be repurposable uh, to go up and use more spectrum right away and get out of the noise. Well, definitely a game changer. So uh, I know most people are looking forward to this. So uh, thanks, Jamie. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. And one more thing I just want to, you know, we miss talking to all you at Wisp America just to set my, people's minds at ease. You know, we had one of our best quarters ever in, in the first quarter, even with a lot of it being, you know, with all, a lot of people not being able to work uh, in the office. So, um, you know, as Dustin was saying, this isn't bad for the communications industry. Um, we're just trying to do as much work as we can to keep the product flow going to support y'all out there. So yep. doing everything we can. Um, as most of you know, we've moved our manufacturing to Malaysia. Uh, so we have very little supply chain concern um, coming out of China anymore. Uh, so that's a really big deal. I think hopefully we'll be able to make sure to keep that supply chain really going for you. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thank you. All right, Jeff and Eric. So because of the increased demand on uh, Internet services lately from home, what do you guys recommend uh, to our customers about um, how to help their networks uh, with that kind of congestion? What would you recommend them doing? I would I would think one thing was to optimize uh, uh, available bandwidth for their part of the uh, spectrum. If they've got, if they're at uh, narrower channels, say two by forties, maybe they go up to eighties um, or single eighties. Uh, one thing to to see if they can push a little more, have a little more throughput push through. Uh, that'd be one one way to look at that. We might we might see some folks come in for some more RF tuning and some things in that case. I know we've been on global support chats for for these last, you know, last few weeks uh, looking at some of this as well. Right. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think one thing that might be really important to do is uh, don't forget the client radios, uh, you know, specifically the customer premise equipment. Um, it's often overlooked to optimize the channels on the in-house uh, routers, but I think if, uh, if you really want to get the most bang for the buck, you uh, probably want to take a look at what the utilization looks like in your immediate uh, location. Um, you know, with everyone using their their uh, routers and their wireless services, uh, you know, it's a more taxing system. So uh, you may find that certain channels uh, are more uh, um, being used than others. Typically, channel six is what's used uh, on 2.4. Uh, you know, right out of the box. So if you uh, buy a, a router down at Best Buy, plug it in and you start using it immediately, uh, chances are it's probably on channel six. So uh, if you are using 2.4 for your customer premise equipment, you may want to uh, look at some of the less used channels on 2.4. You have three overlap, non-overlapping channels, uh, one, six, and 11. Uh, I would recommend to stay only on those channels. If you select any other channels in between those uh, primary channels, there's a, a, a direct uh, interference that can be caused for other users that are on the same spectrum. So uh, just be mindful of that when you're uh, selecting channels for 2.4. For 5 gigahertz, you want to, um, again, look for which channels are being least used. Uh, I would recommend, if you haven't done so already, to uh, download MetaGeek. Uh, there's, a, there's a program. It will provide you a uh, real-time spectrum 
graph for uh, your laptop computer and you can take a look right right from your computer what type of spectrum uh, uh, you know, you're operating in as well as what may be available. So there's a couple tools that I would recommend. Inside SSID um, program that is a freeware as well. Uh, take a look at those and uh, you know take a look at your RF environment at your immediate home location um, and optimize it accordingly. And, and depending depending on the the Wi-Fi router's manufacturer, right out of the box, if you grab something from Amazon or Best Buy, if you plug and play with the single or the dual band, you know, 2.4 and or 5, uh, plug and play wise out of the box, are these sometimes an auto channel select so they avoid bumping into each other in, the, in that home network uh, with the neighbors 2.4? Or should you go really go in and go manual and, and, and look at what's happening and, and go place you place your your router somewhere? Well, the auto channel, you you'd think that yeah. all the manufacturers would use auto channel right out of the box, but unfortunately there's no real standards. So it really depend yeah. upon which manufacturer you go with. Uh, some may have auto channel turned on immediately out of the box, whereas others are traditionally stuck on a certain channel. So um, yeah, I think it would be nice that Auto Channel would uh, would be on, but uh, we know that you know customers, uh, if they're not very well versed in the technology, they just may just plug it in and, like you said, plug and play. So take a few minutes and uh, take a look at your spectrum at your immediate location. There, you might find that there's a lot of activity on one channel or the other. You want to select the least used channel for the best uh, possible performance. Uh, to give you an example of my home router. Um, it has auto channel. It had it turned on when I got it from AT&T, but yeah. it would avoid uh, DFS channels. Um, looking at Spectrum Analyzer, there is no other router in this complex that's uni using Uni2. So you want to know where I put my router? 80 megahertz channel right in the middle of Uni2. There you go. I have no wow. interference problems whatsoever. Extra so, puts. Yeah. And another thing that, that go back to uh, the original um, conversation, uh, uh, I know that a lot of the big providers have removed data caps, but they haven't removed, uh, you know, throttling or rate limiting. And so if there's a lot of folks out there who aren't rate limiting their customers, maybe you should think about doing some kind of emergency rate limiting plan that kind of helps with your, your throughput issue as well. If you can't go out and put new APs up or yeah. if you don't have any way to really do anything, you can institute like, 20 or 30 megabits per customer. They're, they don't need 100 megabit plans or right. megabit plans. They just think they do. I and think there's a lot of work at home. So the, right, that's a great point. Um, look at the upload speeds for those Zooms and Skype uh, meetings and Periscope up, upload speeds are required. And obviously there's probably more uh, multiple, say, Netflix downstreams happening per household. Oh, I bet. I would guess, right? Yeah, speaking about that, I was just going to mention that if you have any wired uh, or wireless uh, mm -hmm. devices in your house that are doing streaming video, uh, let's see, like uh, Apple TV or Roku or something like that, I would recommend to rather use the wireless to instead use the uh, wired portion of the uh, network mm -hmm. at your house and get the uh, streaming video devices onto a wired network so that you're not consuming your wireless network at your house. That's just another tip you may want to look into. Good point. 
Yeah, good point. I have a fire stick, for example, wireless. It's dual band. And I find, and it's probably yeah, 60 feet from the uh, Wi-Fi router. And, uh, and so I, I thought, okay, five gig, let's, let's push, uh, push the download speeds and stuff through. But then it started, started kind of, kind of getting a little uh, chunky there or whatever intermittent. So I went to 2.4 and two, two, four at less, uh, you know, cut the, cut the reach down a little bit on two, four on the download, but it's, it's just fine. Right. Uh, do you guys have any more uh, suggestions to people um, with overloaded networks before we head out? On the the A five products, the the TPC transmit power, power control. control. Yeah, yeah, TPC. So th isn't that uh, isn't that defaulted as well? So that's just part of the RF tuning and the max maximum maxing out uh, the clients to the uh, to the access point. Uh, again, for different distances to those further clients compared to the close up clients to the AP. Yeah, yeah TPC and and rate adaptation runs in the background on our radios. And so that's by default uh, a service that is uh, constantly running to optimize okay. the, the link. So, yeah. Um, how about uh, APC or UPSs? I've got a small uh, UPS for backup. So if I have a little brownout in the house here, uh, this one computer, there's a couple of computers in the house, but at least this one is doesn't really see that glitch. It just kind of goes right back, right on automatic AC power. I think those are important too for, uh, to pr prevent uh, some spikes into your home, home equipment, your network devices at home and, and such. I would say in filtering, some, clean up some of those AC spikes and hits. You guys use, you guys have any of those at home? UPS well, I just run a laptop, so I don't have to worry about it. Well, that's clean. It's got its own back battery system. So yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I guess that's it, guys. Well, I appreciate you guys joining uh, remotely. Um, hopefully, uh, this video turns out well. Uh, fingers crossed, you know. Stay at home. Uh, hopefully, this will be over soon. And yeah. um, like Jamie said, things are still going okay for Mimosa. We're doing well. We're still here for you guys. Jeff and Eric is still doing chat support. Um, I'm still here via email. Uh, if you guys anything, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We're still working. All right. Uh, and with that, I guess uh, we'll see you on the next episode of the Dustin and Eric podcast show. We'll see. Good talking to everyone. Yep. Have a, have a great uh, rest of your week. Uh, stay safe. Let me know where you find uh, those eggs. Bake egg, <laughs> lots of cookies a, and bread if you can a, find flour egg eggs. Egg shortage. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Please hit the subscribe or follow button to stay up to date with our latest podcast which will be available on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud.